So I am so excited to be with you here today. Now, CCM 101 presents Loud Conversations, a talk show that interviews the top influencers of your generation, the millennial generation that feels like forgotten sometimes or even just left out of the group. And so our heart is to truly interact and engage this generation who are doing amazing and wonderful things for the glory of God. So welcome, I am Colleen Batchelder, your host, and I'm thrilled to encourage you, empower you, and equip you to truly live out your destiny and walk out your purpose. Now today, I am so excited. We have an amazing guest with us, Jay Caleb Perkins. <laughs> yes! Now I will have all the information that you need to check out his book, his information, his website, so you are going to want to stay connected with this dynamic leader. So he's a dynamic leader, a compassionate believer, founder and CEO of Remedy Network, and an author of a brand new book called Remedy Network, A Millennial's Journey on Connecting New York City Through Stories. And we all know that there is such power when we actually share our stories with one another. So welcome so much to uh, Loud Conversations. Thank you so much for having me. The introduction was great. I'm like, so much to live up to. <laughs> it, it all equals out, I swear. <laughs> so, but it's so good to have you on the show and we have we've known each other for what almost two years it's, it's been some time yeah 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 so we met in the interfaith group in new york city right and which yes. i missed the last one i feel oh. really bad about that it's like a, the reunion of our friendship but it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was my yeah. friendship anniversary gift <laughs> <laughs> i know right oh my god uh, it was great but and I remember just hearing your story about two years ago and just God connected us in this room of about 3,000 leaders of all different faiths, all different backgrounds. And it was like that 30 second elevator pitch that you gave. And I'm like, I've got to connect with this guy. <laughs> like, I know God has some kind of partnership forming. And so I, mm, yeah. I remember just, we sat down, we had coffee and just, you shared what God had placed in your heart. And I felt like when we had left, we realized that we all had the same cry for our generation. Mm -hmm. We desire them to find their purpose. We desire them to actually find a space where they were accepted, where they were compelled, and that they were equipped to truly live out their destiny. Yes. So confession here. I delved into your book about, oh Lord, two days ago. And I'm like, oh, I'll just skim read it, you know, go through <laughs> it. I have so many quotes highlighted. <laughs> oh, yay. That's so cool. So, uh, it was I laughed, I cried, I just, every single page I felt was just the Holy Spirit really touching my heart and saying, okay, you can do this. Like if you've lost mm. faith in this, if you've, if you've developed fear over faith, like mm -hmm. get in a community, get in that support group and figure mm -hmm. out like, you know, what does God want to really do with your life? So I was completely blessed. Thank you so much. <laughs> that is probably one of the best things any author could hear is like that the that the writing resonated with you and so like I, I'm so glad like that means a lot to me and I'm, I'm glad it spoke to you and could encourage you because um yeah that's my prayer for the book so thank yeah. you Jesus <laughs> yeah amen amen and it, it definitely every single page just lifted yeah. up just a new word from God and that new understanding of okay are you willing mm -hmm. to trust God in a new way so, and I know every single person that picks up this book is going to have that same experience. Now, I want to backtrack a little bit. Like in the beginning part of your book, you had a great job in Tulsa. You graduated from Oral Roberts University and everything was, everything was looking great. 
you had this great job, you had just gotten this promotion, but God kind of struck your heart and threw a curveball. Can you explain some of that to us? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, that chapter was so tough to write because, <laughs> you know, when you read this in, in other books, it's like, oh, that's so super cool. But it's yeah. like, I like live this moment. Um, but yeah, I was working for a Fortune 500 company right after graduating from school, from, from college, mm -hmm. ORU. I uh, love my school, my alma mater. And um, that was just a really tough part of my life um but yeah there was this position that I wanted I didn't really like my entry-level position yeah um I was tied to the phones making I think I made like around maybe 200 calls a day just oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> you're like this is not what I bargained for right and yeah. um God dealt with me a lot about complaining in that season mm -hmm. um which I just had to surrender <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah to make a long story short um as I got promoted and wanted that promotion so badly, I finally got it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And God's like, not so, not so fast. Uh, I read about a kid who was wrongfully convicted of a crime in the Bronx and, mm. and then he was sent to Rikers Island. And I read this um, on my lunch break one day, yeah. just like in the little library and on the sales floor. Um, and this kid's story just kind of rocked my world, mm. turned my world upside down, really. Um, and I read about how these influencers reached out to him, like Jay-Z, Rosie O'Donnell, and now finding out Oprah reached out to him mm -hmm. as well. Um, and so it began to sort of spark my interest for like professional development, especially when it comes to millennials, mm -hmm. personal development as well. Um, but unfortunately, Khalif committed suicide at 22, um, which just, I don't know, yeah. I just couldn't continue working. Yeah. I had to, you know, mm. do something. So. Mm -hmm. And you, you had the experience to actually meet Khalif's brother recently. Yes. Tell us, what was that like? How did, how did the story of his brother affecting you so much really bless him as a person? Yeah, well, you know what? I had been praying ever since yeah. I moved to New York to meet somebody from his family. Mm -hmm. um, what I, I knew, I read that, <laughs> excuse me, that his family lived somewhere in the Bronx. So I remember one day I, I had a meeting in the Bronx and I was just like, what if I just got off the subway and just like searched for the, the house? <laughs> um, just just went door to door. <laughs> I know, just like, hey, yeah. where are you guys? Um, but I, I've been in New York now for maybe about two and a half years. And mm -hmm. um, a couple weeks ago, um, so backtrack a little bit, the last event that I hosted was that you came to was the policy yep. and advocacy mixer in July. So amazing panel. And oh, it was Carmen, great. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. And then no, definitely. Carmen, Carmen Perez, um, who, you know, was very instrumental in beginning the Women's March was on the panel. Mm -hmm. And somehow in the back room, she, you know, heard my speech about Khalif. And um, she was like, I know his brother, Akeem. And so um, I and you're like, God, I don't need to go door to door now. I have like, you're just opening the door. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this is it. Um, but the connection actually didn't come from Carmen. I uh, just began to search just about how to, I don't know, find mm -hmm. um, his, his brother. And I, I realized that he ran for mayor. Unfortunately, he didn't get it. 
obviously, mm -hmm. but I called his campaign office. So I have my professional voice on. I'm calling. I think I'm going to talk to the receptionist. Like, hello, this is Caleb. This is what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm looking yep. for Mr. Akeem. And I'm just expecting not to talk to him. Exactly. The person, yeah. on the, the person on the phone is like, this is him. Ah! And I was like, what? <laughs> wow. So, anyway, I met up with him a couple weeks ago. We had lunch. And Colleen, it was mm -hmm. incredible. I mean, it's it was one thing to read yeah. this story in an article mm -hmm. thousands of miles away in another state, but to be face to face with it and actually talk to his mm -hmm. his brother was incredible. So wow, it, it must have been almost like one of those moments where it's like, okay, I wasn't compelled here for a story. I was compelled here because of a heartbeat, because of a mm -hmm. life that was cut too yeah. short. And, and talking to his brother, it's like, wait, I had, I had dreams for my brother. Like my family has plans for them. And yet his life at 22 was just completely ended. But wow, that had to be powerful. Um, now how, now, now you, you've had some amazing experiences of just stepping out in faith and meeting some incredible people. Can you share a little bit about how you met Karen Parsons and, and what took place there? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, meeting Karen Parsons. First of all, so I read, there's like a whole chapter about this in the book, yeah. which I know you probably read. Um, <laughs> it's so all for, highlighted. It's all <laughs> So <laughs> for those that don't know, Karen Parsons played the uh, character Hillary Banks in the show, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, mm -hmm. that took off like in the 90s with Will Smith. And there's some like other really cool actors in that show. Um, but one of my friends who I also write about um, Jalyn Liu um, is is uh, pursuing her PhD. She's in a PhD program at NYU. So okay, we, great. yeah, we had coffee and we catch up a mm -hmm. lot. And um, she was, it was for Black History Month in 2016, I want to say. Okay. Um, and she was like, hey, um, Misty Copeland, who's a famous African-American ballet yep. dancer. And, you know, Karen Parson, she was just giving me this amazing lineup of these people that are speaking at NYU, but it was close to only the students. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think I was going to get in. Long story short, I was able to get in, but all the barriers that led up to get yep. to this event were horrible. I was late. The, the uh, venue was full. It was to capacity. Um, but Karen was giving a talk. And you guys have to pick up the book because there's so many, like, intricate parts that you know, go in between the time that I met her, but mm -hmm. I, I, I snuck backstage <laughs> <laughs> and I was so scared. I, I was trying to communicate yeah. this in my writing, how scared I was. <laughs> I was scared because I went back there <laughs> and the guard just looked at me, which, which was enough confirmation <laughs> for me to run back inside. And, and at that so point, <laughs> and you, you talk about in your book, how God actually, you would pray to meet Karen Parsons. And yeah. God's just like, do you want to meet her? And so it's, it's, are you willing to kind of step out in faith? So, wow. So what happened after that? So I, I go in the back. So yeah, of course, okay. like I write about, like I sneak back there once I was too scared. I run back yep. and just the Holy Spirit's like, Hey, you want to do this? I'm giving you the okay to go do this. And yep. so anyway, I ran back another time and I was somewhere backstage. I was lost. I'd never been to NYU. <laughs> And <laughs> this is so funny. I can laugh about it now, but I was. You're probably shaking your boots at that point. I'm thinking I'm going to go to jail. My career is over. Can't write a book. I'm in jail. But thank God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, 
so she sneaks uh not she sneaks i was sneaking backstage yeah. she she um her she gave her talk and she gets in the elevator and i don't know instinct i was like this is my moment sneak in the elevator with her doors closed guards screaming at me <laughs> it's crazy but um i don't know we just had a connection she really yeah. believed in what i was doing and she supported me and it was mm. incredible and then a year later she was giving a talk at at one of our remedy events so mm -hmm. i mean it's crazy that's incredible now i love that story because i feel like a lot of the times millennials and christians in general are called to things that rejection is always an option and how do you step out in faith? And what has been your experience of obeying God in those moments where it looks like more like you'll get rejected than actually accepted? So how do you overcome that fear? You know what? It's a constant battle. Yeah. Um, I'm just honest. I'm straightforward. Yeah. I'm an open book. It's not easy. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, as being an entrepreneur yourself and leading loud, the loud conference, and just loud as an organization. Yeah. We just face, entrepreneur, entrepreneurs just face rejection constantly. Mm. And it's a mindset to where I can't let the failure diminish uh, my perseverance, but I've, I've got to learn, and I talk about this in the book too, is that I've got to change my perception to know that the more failure that I'm looking at, like I should want to experience failure because that means mm -hmm. that I'm growing and I'm learning. Mm -hmm. So just Amen. looking at, at like an, a learning opportunity and seeing that God is trying to elevate me and he's trying to get me to grow mm -hmm. and that failure. I mean, I think sometimes we can learn more from failure than we can success mm -hmm. um, because it teaches you how to be better. It teaches you what didn't work so you can learn what does work. Um, so, but on the, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's just tough and it helps when you have other friends like yourself who, mm -hmm who resonate with that and know how that is that can, you know, encourage you. But at the end of the day, it's not really, it's, it's really God that is mm -hmm. able to, you know, go back to my faith and be able to, you know, have that as the source and just to keep pressing forward. So. Mm -hmm. Amen. That, that's exciting. And I'm, I'm going to quote a part in your book that really stuck out to me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it, you said as millennial leaders, in order for our work to have real lasting impact that makes a difference, it has to go through the fire of authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I love what you talk about because we talk about facing rejection. We talk about, you know, facing these obstacles and overcoming them. But when you started Remedy Network and you moved to New York City, there was a lot of, of struggles going on around you. So whether it was health wise, family wise, and God still told you to go. And so how have you personally been touched by those struggles and be shaped and molded to become the authentic leader that you are today? Yeah, um, it's funny because I, so for those of you that don't know, the, the book started off as a journal. And so that mm -hmm. quote is like something God spoke to me. So it was really hard to digest that. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, um, yeah you know, we, we want the Instagram likes, we want the mm -hmm. notoriety, we want the shares. Yep. And really at the end of the day, it's like, it's not real until it's been made real in you. Mm -hmm. um, and I say that <clears throat> what that really means is Remedy Network had to, it, it came out of the brokenness of my own journey and my own walk and my own story. Mm -hmm. So before, way before I even moved to New York and started the company on paper, um, I was facing 
things that I'm now helping millennials with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in a car accident. My my dad was gravely ill. When I yeah. say gravely, I mean like mm-hmm. it's a miracle that he's alive. Um, I was facing depression in my own life. You know, I was unhappy at my job. And it was all these things. And I came to a breaking point. I'll never forget this. I came home. Mm-hmm. I threw my briefcase on the ground back in Tulsa. And I just cried out to God. And I'm like, God, I just feel like I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like this is really bad. Like, I'm I'm down. Mm-hmm. Um, and God is like, God, I remember God just telling me that, you know, you want to move to New York. You want to help millennials. You want to help them walk in purpose. You want to help them overcome everything you know that they're facing guess who's first to go through that process Mm. it has to be you it has to be you yeah and it's like I was drinking my own Kool-Aid in a sense and it's easy (laughs) I know it's like I remember yeah but it is it's easy to get up there in a pulpit and start preaching but yet ask the Lord okay Lord like give me patience give me you know more experiences give me like like progress me in my goal and God's just like are you sure that's really what you want because mm. we forget that refining hurts, it's very stressful. It's, it's very, um, it really challenges us to ask ourselves, okay, is it really worth it? Mm, right. So true. Mm. And uh, yeah, so that was, that was tough. And um, woo, I'm just thinking back to it. It's yeah. like, <laughs> it was crazy, but yeah. you know, God is faithful and his promises amen. are yes and amen. And mm. he never turns you know void on his word and so I just had to press through because I think as millennials we need to ask ourselves um I you know I talk to young leaders all the time they're always telling me you moved to New York that's so cool and this is so cool I'm like our prayer should not be God that's the doorbell so you've been listening to CCM 101 and this is loud conversations with Colleen Batchelder I've been sitting here talking to an awesome friend of mine Jay Kayla Perkins and we're about to just go into an amazing experience this is his first time seeing his book face to face and it happened here on loud conversations yes yes, yes. oh my god should we do the unboxing or do the interview do it do it Dr- drum roll please Okay, here we go, guys. Okay. I'm going to try and make this pretty so I can redo this for Instagram later. <laughs> cool but, but we'll have this actually is, the first video. This is crazy. Yay! I hope it. Wow. The this first is, copy of the book, Remedy Network. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? <gasps> yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That looks great. This is Wow. Deep. Oh my God. So if you, so for our audience listening, if you could actually sum up your feeling right now in three words, what would it be? I don't even know. <laughs> um, wow. This is great. I would say happy. I'm wow. Overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just blown away. Yo, this is the first. Wow. Woo! So seriously, okay. if, if you're if you're sitting out there and you're listening to this and God has called you to write a book, to start an organization, or even just step out in faith in some form, I promise you, watch this video, listen to this interview, you will be encouraged because God is the alpha and omega of your life. What you start, he's faithful to finish. Yeah. So we are so excited to actually be with you today, but we've been sitting down with J. Caleb Perkins and he has just gotten his brand new book 
as we were interviewing this. <laughs> so, so talk crazy. about an amazing God thing. Right. Like, that, at the same time as the interview, crazy. Yes, yes. And I love, it, it's hysterical. So before this happened, so the doorbell rings and I hear dogs barking. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm looking at part three of the interview and it says, trusting God in the unknown. Now, as you were writing this, did you ever, did it ever come a day where you felt like giving up? Or as you're looking at this book, does it remind you of those times where it was a late night and, and you're writing and you're exhausted or you're working overtime to, you know, go for the edits, like all the stuff that went into writing this book, did you ever feel like giving up on the stream? Oh Lord, so many. I'm trying to think about when I have, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, uh, so many times, guys. It's like what so hour, what day, what minute? Right, like let me go get you the timestamp. <laughs> Um, yes, I, I yeah. have, um, a lot, and honestly, it's just, I know I'm going to say this a lot, but your questions are so good, and I cover oh, some of this in the material, yeah, um, I talk about, um, in the waiting period in the book, yeah. and just the times that I did want to get up, on, I give up, I'm pretty transparent about that in the writing, but I had to come to the point where, number one, as a millennial leader, if you're out there and you're starting something, mm -hmm. I was subconsciously, like, um, looking for other people to, you know, empathize with me mm. um, and just kind of, like, what's the term? Um, the term where, like, misery wants company type yes, thing. Not that yes. I was miserable. Yep. But I wanted to, like... <clears throat> you know, it was so, so hard and so tough. And there's no really, there's no roadmap. Like yep. when you, when something's brand new, it's brand new. So there's exactly. no like, oh. You're sitting there writing the map. Exactly. Yep. And, um, you know, I wanted, I subconsciously looked for people to be like, be like, oh, that's good. And kind of pat me on the back, which we all need that mm -hmm. sometimes. But that couldn't be my saving grace at yeah, the end of the day amen. because it wouldn't happen enough. Mm -hmm. And then uh, many times I would just, I don't know. I would just want to give up and then I would look for approval in other people, which, which is good. People should, you know, at, at, at some point it's good for people to speak into what you're doing and you need to hear that. And your friends should do that and they should surround, surround you. But at the end of the day, that can't be your saving grace either because exactly. you're going to find fault in that somewhere. Yep. So what kept me, it had to be my faith. And even more practical, it was God reminding me why mm -hmm. I started. Mm -hmm. That's really what kept me going. Yeah, is to think back because sometimes we get so inundated with the now. And if you, if you're ever down, I want to encourage anybody out there. If you're ever down and you feel like not just down having a bad day, like you yep. feel like the world is ending, <laughs> negative, Nancy. Listen, listen, Linda, it's going down. I'm done. If you ever feel like that and you just feel like the world is over and you're just mm. depressed or whatever, remind yourself of how God has come through for you in the past. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see that God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And he's the same God that delivered you in 2008. And he's the same God that kept you in Amen. 2011. And when you were going through college and when you had that bad relationship or mm -hmm. you had that bad breakup, it's that same God. So mm -hmm. he can get you through now. Mm-hmm. Amen. I mean, I think so many times I think of that, you know, we give everybody our prayer requests, but yet we forget to actually 
understand, okay, what are we thankful for? How have we seen God in the past? How have we seen his handprint? And I remember listening to about years ago, and someone encouraged me to keep a journal on all the little things that God actually did in and through my life. And it, as you said, where it's like when you end up being depressed or being frustrated or going through that struggle, I open up that book and say, okay, God did this at, you know, 1, 121, 2012. And I can look back and say, if God said it then, he'll pull me through now. Mm, so true. Come Amen. on. That's it. Amen. That's what's going to keep us. What, what, do you, what Bible verse do you feel like, or Bible verses, do you feel has really helped you through those hard times? Um, man, there's so many. Well, my favorite scripture of all time is Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your mm -hmm. heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Mm -hmm. And all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Amen. Um, it's the promise of God will direct your paths, but you ha you have to take the burden off yourself to try to understand everything. Because mm -hmm. I'm a I'm an ENFJ. I I like to have control. Yep. You know I'm an open book. God has helped me a lot with pride issues, and I'm very hard headed. So, mm -hmm. and I'm you know so, I'm with you. <laughs> right. So it's yeah. just like God. You know we we take when we go in the strength that we have and, we, and we're operating in a God vision in our lives, we don't understand this, but when we say, God, give me more, God, give me this and, you know, move me to my destiny, move me to my dreams. We're giving him the license to take, take that responsibility of ourselves to have control. Mm -hmm. So we no longer have control over, you know, what happens during the process. Now what we're saying is, Lord, you know, I give that to you. And so mm -hmm. that's a hard pill to swallow, but um, it's tough. <laughs> but it's worth it. It's it is. It. it is. And God always comes in when we least expect it. Now, I want you to share about one God story that really, I feel like just leaped off the pages was when God told you to go into New York and walk around and wait for that $500. Just share oh, yeah. that story with us. <laughs> oh my gosh oh, you, had, you had just moved to new york you were newly there and you just took this leap of faith by saying okay god i'm going to trust you financially i'm going to trust you for housing and god pulled through yes so a little context to that story um is so when i moved to new york i was part of a church internship program where you get to live and do ministry in the city for nine months at a really mm -hmm. discount rate it was like under ten thousand dollars. Wow. <laughs> um, and so I had a very, you know, I'm I've had a lot of jobs in my life. I've been working since I've been sixteen years old. I've always had a job, mm -hmm. and I've always been pretty independent. So, you know, I had my own apartment, my own car, was paying my own car insurance, was paying bills, had a credit card, was paying, you know, learning all of that. Mm -hmm. um, so I went through that kind of, you know. I have a job, I pay bills type mindset. Yep. And now I'm believing God, not necessarily. And let me preface that with, I'm not saying if you have a job that you're not believing God, that's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, it was just a diff. It was totally different than for, for someone, a company to be giving me a check every two weeks to go into God, where's the money going? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Know? So um, in order for the tuition for the, for this program, um, you know, divided up between all the trainees still equals rent. So I'm not living anywhere rent free. Like I'm still paying for stuff. And so because I didn't have the support of my job, you know, I had, we had to get partners to donate, which is a lot of what ministers do. If you guys didn't know that, um, some churches call it NPD or ministry partnership development, 
or what have you. Um, I didn't necessarily have all the tools in my tool belt uh, to help me effectively, um, you know, get those partners because mm -hmm. it is a full-time job to be able to do that. Um, and so I and even a lot of nonprofits just have people that work with fundraising. So when you're a startup and you're trying to get everything together, it's a balance of wearing a thousand different hats. Yes. Yep. And my head's only so big. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so <laughs> this particular month I needed $500 and mm -hmm. I had no idea where this was going to come from. And I, like, seriously, guys, I'm not trying to be super spiritual. I'm a, I'm a regular guy. I go through regular stuff. So on this particular day, uh, the Lord asked me, and he's never, never, I've, yeah. I've been saved for a long time, right? And I'm not trying to wear the, you know, I'm saved forever card, but, you know, in my relationship with God, I, you know, it's a relationship. So I know mm -hmm. how he talks to me, I, all of that. This day, God asked me, and I'm like, God, I don't know where this is going to come from. He said, today, I want you to walk up and down the streets of Manhattan, believe me for the money. Mm. And I'm like, no, Lord, I don't. <laughs> I, I didn't hear you right. <laughs> I think I need to get a Q-tip because my ear, my, <laughs> no. And that was it. He didn't say yeah. anything else. So um, it was crazy. So I, I, <laughs> I walk up and down the street of Manhattan. And where do I go? Wall Street, of course. Exactly. Where all the money is, right? Right? I don't know. Maybe I should have went to Broadway or something. But <laughs> I go to Wall Street. And, and I literally did this for hours. I was yeah. tired. I had maybe like 50 bucks in my bank account. And um to make an extremely long story short, if you want to read the full story, it's in the book. But mm -hmm. um, I end up at Trinity Church, which is an iconic church. Oh, I love that place. I think it's so beautiful. It's gorgeous. I think, I think Alexander Hamilton is buried there. Hold on. I think I think George Washington actually had a pew there. Did he? I wow. remember right. I'll have to check it out, but I believe he did. Yes. Yep. So it's a. I mean, anytime you come to Manhattan, you you guys have to come see it. Oh, but yeah. um, I saw this man praying outside of the gates and the church was mm -hmm. closed. And it was just like this cinematic moment. And this yeah. man is just praying up against the gates. And I'm like, okay, why do I talk to prayer man over here? Maybe, you know, maybe this is it. And it was the most awkward. Don't think just because God speaks to you that everything is going to go smooth. <laughs> no, this was the most awkward interaction ever. And I'm like, <clears throat> I don't want to interrupt him. Like, how do you interrupt someone praying? Like, <laughs> I don't want to get struck down by lightning or yeah. whatever. So anyway, um, I interrupt him. We start some small talk. He was, he was very nice, very compassionate. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we ended up getting coffee later that week, which I couldn't believe. Yeah. And he asked me the craziest question. He said, what is it that you're looking for? Mm -hmm. And it was at that moment where, you know, I kind of gave him a fluff answer, like, uh, you know, I'm just, I need prayer, blah, 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 blah. And I remember the Holy Spirit just <laughs> arrested my heart. Yeah. It was like, what are you talking? Tell this man you need $500. You don't need any prayer right yeah. now. You need money. <laughs> so um, I told him I needed $500. And mm -hmm. um, he paused. He didn't do anything right then. And he said, thanks for telling me, you know, I want to help you. I don't know how yet. I took a, a trip later that week to go give a talk at ORU to uh, students um, who are interested in, you know, work, workplace development, whatever, yep. blah, 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 blah. I'm in Tulsa, and um, I get a notification that this guy um, had just donated 700 
$77 into my bank account. And I was driving this rental and I almost crashed. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, God, what? (laughs) That was crazy. Wow. Oh my God. And sure enough, it was that guy. Wow. I love that though, because to me, it reminds me of the verse that says, you know, ask, seek, knock, and all these things will be added unto you. And a lot of the times as believers, when we venture out and when we kind of follow God in our purpose, we're so afraid to ask because in a sense, we forget that other people are coming along with that same purpose and with that same goal that we have, but they might be contributing through prayer. They might be contributing financially. And so the team is just getting larger and larger um, at the same time, but it's just, uh, but I love that. Like that, that's something that I need to learn where it's like, okay, don't be afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. Matthew yeah. seven, seven, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, when, when do you, when do you feel like God has surprised you the most, like in your life, in your time in New York? Every day. Every I day. just, I wake up and I, um, I'm just so grateful mm-hmm. and just like, I mean, guys, try, try it, try, God is, he will not fail you. Mm -hmm. He will not. And not just, don't just try a random idea. Try God's purpose for your life. Cause that's Mm -hmm. only what's going to work. You know, he's not going to randomly open doors for you. Just trying to do whatever. Seek God. He Mm -hmm. will answer you. He will speak to you. And just, I mean, I look at these stories and I'm like, wow, look at the faithfulness of God. Yeah. Um, Cause they all happen. They're all true. I'm not lying. Mm-hmm. All this stuff happened. I couldn't make it up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think one of the moments that he surprised me the most is at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when I talk about, um, it's funny, every story, the money goes up. I was believing for 500 in chapter one. And then <laughs> by the end of the book, I'm believing almost for $3,000 in order to pay my rent and like all my stuff. Yeah. And um, it was the last event that I hosted, the policy and advocacy. Yes. Advocacy mixer. Yeah. And uh, we, I don't think we charged a ticket rate or something like that. And I was really frustrated with the Lord because mm-hmm. I'm like, Lord, you know, this was our most attended event yet. We had 80 young professionals fill the room. Mm-hmm. Great conversation. Like this is growing. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this event is not, a, is not about money. Mm-hmm. It's about purpose. Mm. and so don't look at it you know from a monetary point of view Mm -hmm. as a success or a loss you know look at it in purpose and so at the end of the night greatest event we've ever had hands down but it didn't make much money I get home and I was kind of sad about it because I'm like great event I'm in I'm like oh that was amazing and then I'm like immediately confronted with this mountain of how am I gonna live how am I gonna pay mm-hmm. for this stuff and um I don't know if it was that night or this or the next morning I got an email that one of our board of directors donated um $2,500 wow wow that met it to the T of what yeah. I like yeah and and exactly at that moment that God just provides when you least expect it Wow, this exactly. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have to start writing these numbers down so that uh, Loud can get more support. <laughs> I love <laughs> exactly, it. Right? Okay, $5,000, Lord, I'm just trusting. <laughs> 5000 
Yeah. That's awesome. Now, what, what, are, what are some of the dreams that you have for the future of Remedy Network? Yeah, my vision for Remedy is to see properly resourced millennials in all spheres of societal influence mm. um, who are also well-rounded in their mental health. That's, mm-hmm. that's really my, my, my vision. And so whatever industry you come from, at the end of the day, my vision is to our company can help you, one, have more professional personal development in your industry because that's something that I needed, you know? Yeah. Um, it's easy to watch a YouTube video or to see stories on Instagram, but when can we get in a room mm-hmm. full of, um, you know, like-minded individuals in the same field and build community like how does that happen yeah um and so that that's been in my vision um is to continue to host events on different industries that can really um equip the next generation wow it's exciting and seriously if you haven't been to a remedy network event you have to go <laughs> you'll be blessed it's an awesome experience um but i loved it i mean seriously it's diversity of professions and as Caleb said, there's no other place where you're going to find this community of millennials truly supporting one another and just, just innovators and just that mentorship that I think is amazing. Um, so we're going to have a little fun. You're welcome with some loud questions. Awesome. <laughs> so now the first one is what is your favorite part of your life? Like, like era or not era. What? And then Jesus. I mean like year. <laughs> Yeah, like year, person, thing, memory, you name it. Favorite part of my life. Mm-hmm. These always stump me. I don't know why. <laughs> this always stump me. The favorite part. Or what is what is life. the favorite memory that you've had as a kid? Because oh. I haven't asked someone yet that. Um. Um, I used to, after school every day, I would walk up and down the streets just singing loud. Oh, cool. And my parents would hear that and they tease me about that today. We'll be like, we knew when you got home because we could hear you from a mile away. Just singing. <laughs> we don't know what you were singing, but you were just screaming. And um, I don't know. That's kind yeah. of an old pastime in me. Aw, that's cute. That's sweet. I used to sing in Walmart for the fun of it. I'd go up to people Yay! and say, can- <laughs> I'm like, can I sing Jesus Loves You? And they're like, yeah, sure. That is I loved it. I loved it. I was so shy yeah. as a kid, but I could sing Jesus Loves Me until the cows came home. That is awesome. Uh, now, what is the most outrageous thing that you've ever done or had to eat? <laughs> um, that I've done. I don't know. I had to eat probably alligator. I've eaten alligator, which is crazy. Ooh, alligator's good. <clears throat> In Brazil, I had alligator. Yeah. I haven't done too many outrageous things. Um, yeah, so I would have to go with eating alligator. Okay, sweet. And would, would you say the book kind of counts as like an outrageous, outrageous adventure? Oh, yeah, yes. definitely. That was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. It is the hardest thing I think I've ever done in my mm-hmm. life. I've bounced back between that and moving to New York. Yeah. <laughs> so both yeah. were pretty crazy. Yeah. And then the third one is when have you felt like an underdog and how have you overcome? Oh my god, I feel like an underdog now, honestly. <laughs> um overcome by yeah, like I said earlier, just reminding myself why I started in the first mm-hmm. place. Awesome. So, yeah. yeah. And the last one is when have you had to depend on God the most? 
Ooh, for these financial situations that keep happening. Yes, it is. It's really, it's, it's difficult. It's like, yeah. I think that's something about finances. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, trusting God for that, because I think, you know, where your heart is, your treasure is where your heart is. Mm. Scripture. So it's like, you know, even giving, receiving tithes and offering, there's so much tied to the giving that we get financially. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a tough way to you know trust the lord but again you know, he comes through mm-hmm. amen amen i would definitely probably agree i think finances is just it, it's one of it's probably one of the top on my list mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's hard it's hard but thank you so much for joining us and we're gonna have all the information on your website your information and you were having a book launch coming up yes. <laughs> and we want everybody out there listening this is going to be airing on february 17th which is the date that you need to go to amazon.com and get this book, write a review, up the numbers. This book needs to be here, heard by people all over the world. It's going to change lives and truly just influence this generation. So you can find more about J. Caleb Perkins via the CCM 101 and Loud Summit Facebook page and find out how you can connect with this awesome ministry remedy network. Until next time, this is Colleen Batchelder, host of Loud Conversations, encouraging you to live out your destiny.